Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Blue Jays fans, here we go. Welcome to another edition of Jay Bird Watching. We are part of the StadiumScene.tv network. Shout out to Stadium Scene. Tonight, I am your host, Adam Corsair. And of course, I am joined by my fellow co-hosts, Mr. Craig Borden and Mr. Brendan Penicar. Guys, what's up? Nothing, right? Everything nothing, up? nothing at all. Yeah. No. 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 I don't know. It's another boring day here on Jaybird Watching. Just I'm saying. Yeah, you know, the news week has been pretty tame this week and not so much happening. So we're really going to have to dig our heels in and find some stuff to talk about when it comes to Blue Jays talk for tonight's episode. Of course, I kid. Uh, Brennan, let loose. Go ahead, man. Man, this is the guy, like, everybody knows. I got some tweets last night saying, man, you got your guy. Because every single off-season episode that we've had, it's just been, like, plan Plan A by far is Springer and nobody else. And then you can use moves after that. So they finally delivered. They ponied up. They did what they needed to do to get it done. And I'm sure we'll go into that. So that's all I'm going to say for now. I'm, like, I'm on cloud nine. It's hard to believe. Yeah. I'm on cloud nine too, but as far as it goes, guys, I thought we were having round two of the great movie debate for baseball movies tonight. I really, I'm, com- I'm completely shocked and unprepared. I, I was ready to, you know, go after Adam Corsair again about debating that Bull Durham is a better movie than The Sandlot. Just, <laughs> just saying. Was that a year ago tonight? Do you think? Basically, I think it very well might be. So, if anybody wants to dive into the pod account, <laughs> actually, no, it was probably two years ago because Adam wasn't official part of the show yet. No, I think it was so, around February that I became an official part of the show. So it might have been around that time or it might have been sooner. Yeah, not sure. I, do, I think that was even before Brendan was part of the show. And it's still just me kind of, you know, doing whatever the hell I felt like and 
trying to scrape for ideas before I had these other wonderful two baseball minds with me every week. <laughs> was I think was was Hellickson part? No, no. Who's who? Who joined oh, us for that? Zach, Zach Helton. Yeah. Zach Helton and um, Hayden Godfrey were the other ones I joined. I you think so. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it was a good episode. But anyway, I digress. Yes, Thanks. I am even wearing my. 2015 AL championships because I'm feeling good, feeling wonderful. <laughs> How we do it? Look, uh, this is Brendan. You alluded to it already. This was Plan A for Blue Jays fans, right? And you know, I have gone on record on here saying my order of importance was Springer, Real Muto, Bauer, and I don't even know who the the fourth one. Who was the fourth one? DJT. Oh, yeah, DJ LeMahieu. There you go. It just it sprung from my memory already. Everything's happening so fast. Um, <laughs> it's a whirlwind, bitches. <laughs> so it's a good thing that Plan A worked out. Um, I'm happy about it. I'm sure a lot of Blue Jays fans are happy about it. In fact, I have not seen or read or heard any Blue Jays fans that are unhappy with this deal. And that is that speaks volumes to how hungry this fan base is for a real push for uh for a free agent of this caliber to sign with the blue jays and it shows also how hungry the front office is to make these moves and look before we continue i've been on record speaking of being on record on the show of saying that so far up until this point that the front office has been amazing at rebuilding the system not so great at signing free agents that has changed Okay, that has changed yesterday, late last night into today. Um, I take it back or I, maybe, you know, to to whatever, to to pat myself on the back. It was true up until yesterday. Well, they proved me wrong that they're able to do it and they got it done so much so that recent reports have been um, issued that the Mets actually offered Springer a sixth year. But it was 125 million. The Blue Jays had to give that extra 25 million to get it done. They weren't afraid to do it. I believe their initial offer was around 110, 115. They upped it a lot and they got the deal done. So shout out to this front office for quote unquote getting out of their own way and getting it done. It took a six year, the largest uh, contract in Blue Jays franchise history. Um, this is amazing. This solidifies. The, the center field, field position um, tremendously. So much so that before the signing, the center field depth of the Blue Jays was ranked 19th by fan graphs. Now it's ranked third. Yeah. Only behind the <laughs> Angels. Like, yes, only behind the Angels and the Dodgers, right? So Trout and Bellinger. Um, pretty good. This guarantees on paper. Okay, so I have to stress that. On paper. A postseason run. How deep? I don't know. Where they're gonna finish? I don't know. But you gotta be confident that this, at least offensively, will give the Jays enough juice for a postseason run. So, as I said in the top of the show, Brendan, this you've been leading the charge with this wet dream. I'm gonna give you the floor <laughs> and just let you go. Just because... Push your chips into the table. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right, take right. care I'll, of it. I have noticed. I have noticed the chatter on Twitter about you. Being very excited for the signing, people reaching out to you saying we got your guy. You were right about that. Um, chop it up, man. Just just relish in the moment. Go for it. So, Adam, one thing you said there, I, 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 I'm with you. It, it was hard to believe that 
they finally went ahead and got out of their own way because look, they, they, they did add another year for Hunjin Ryu last year and another 20 million to get the deal done. Cause I, I know that it was reported three years that they had first offered Hunjin Ryu. Um, but on this scale, like to go up another 70 million to land George Springer, I didn't know there's two different contracts and whatnot, but the Mets were the location favorite because Springer wanted to play closer to home in Connecticut. The Mets offered a good deal. Six to 125 is still damn solid. But Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro were like, guys, like, look, we finished second on LeMahieu. We finished second on Lindor, reportedly. We can't keep on missing out on guys. So they finally decided this is the guy. And the fact that they decided that gets me so excited because they are so risk-averse until this time. They were so scared to give out big deals. I know that they had offered some to DJ and to others, but not to this magnitude to get some big guys. And anybody that still doubts Atkins and Shapiro, go look. In the two off-seasons that they said they would add talent, they're now two for two. Ryu last year, Springer this year, with more to come. And I know that we're going to get into that discussion. But my good... like it. This is why it doesn't feel real, because before then, it was Ryu and Russell Martin. And then all the other big ads before then were all trades, other than J.P. Ricciardi's one crazy offseason when they went Mm -hmm. A.J. Burnett, B.J. Ryan, and then traded for Overbay and Troy Gloss. Oh, come on, you're forgetting Miguel Bautista. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, showing my age. I was excited. it's It's hard to believe and process, but at the same time, like, Dream big. Like, this is the day for Blue Jays fans to dream big. And not just a playoff berth. With a few more tweaks, they could challenge for the division. I'd make the argument we're there already, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, it's so close that we can taste it at this point. Yeah. Um, we, on our, you know, fun-loving uh, social media bantering already we're already here and plan the parade um we got the guy this is gonna break open the floodgates for talent everything is already what's going on on tonight's twitter chain and uh facebook channels and stuff so uh, the only thing question i have so far is brendan is that actually a george springer jersey on your back already or is that (laughs) (laughs) i know you're you were talking about and talking about oh you're even gonna set the payment plan up (laughs) right before the show so just wanted to check um It'll happen. I hear you. But um, in all reality, this is exactly what they need. I know I wasn't exactly the biggest reception of this when the options were available originally with all the free agents. This was actually one of the lower guys on my list to possibly help this team out because of the you know, trash can incident and whatnot. I wanted to see him take a penalty. In all reality, it got to that point where the free agent market didn't quite materialize on any of the other guys that the Blue Jays really were targeting. And this is still the guy that they were heading for the whole damn time. This is their guy. They went after him. They threw a brick of money at him, and he's going to be wearing powder blues for the next six seasons. So center field was a giant need. I can't complain about it, regardless of the one thing, like I said. He is a veteran. And guys, is it so bad to say that we're going to have a new Sports Illustrated cover with George Springer on it again? We're in Blue Jay, and it's going to say like 2022 World Series champs on it. It's realistic at this point, right? I look this at this point. You got to dream big, right? At this point, you have to be thinking 
World Series is a legit possibility. Now, as of as it stands right now, I'm not trying to put a wet blanket on anything. As it stands right now, I'm not quite there yet for this team as it's constructed quite yet. I think for the postseason, you definitely need some starting pitching in order to get it done. And right now, that is definitely the biggest area of need that the Blue Jays have. But playoffs is it's it's sort of like an assumption now, right? Yeah. And how, when's the last time we could say that? Maybe 2016. Although after that, we were just thinking, all right, this is a rebuilding time. Hell, like we we reflect on last year, and although we're grateful that that we get to, the opportunity to see the Blue Jays in the postseason again, I don't think anybody thought it was a given. I thought we we all had the expectation, hey, it's possible. But if they didn't make the playoffs, I don't think any fan or either of us, and either of the three of us would have said, oh, I'm shocked they didn't make the playoffs. You know, it, it was a legit possibility that they wouldn't. Hell, they finished eighth, right? Yeah. So they just got there, right? And I remember counting down the weeks. We were like, oh, they got to edge out these teams. And, you know, we had to do the math with each other. But with this move, it's an indication that they're not fucking around anymore, right? Yeah. It's no longer this, oh, we'll see what we can do. The Blue Jays' management and the team are collectively serious to get there again. They know what's at stake, not just financially, just impactful in an impactful sense, what the Blue Jays being successful can do for the city of Toronto and the country of Canada and for baseball in general. Right. We've seen it. We've seen it in 2015, how much of a power surge this can offer to the city. And that was when that team was almost at its peak or if not just a little past it. Right. Yeah. This team hasn't even hit their peak, not even That's... close. Right. And so you have six years of Springer to sort of guide it. Yeah. He's probably going to pass his peak at year two or three. Fine. And then afterwards, we'll deal with it again. That's a future Adam problem. But right now <laughs> you want those three years. Th those three first years are so invaluable for the development of this talent that you'll take the, the back end of that contract and say it is what it is. If it means a World Series in between. So right now, this is re-energize the fan. I have not seen Blue Jays Twitter like that in years. That was crazy. Years. And we it were was having amazing. so much fun trolling everybody last night. That was, it was amazing. <laughs> amazing. I can but, only make so many mass hysteria Ghostbusters jokes in one tweet. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was awesome to see it collectively happen. Right. Yeah. It was awesome to see people being on the same page. And of course, m me and my pessimistic self, I'm like, why do I feel like the Mets are going to sweep in? And, and, and our buddy Chris was like, dude, shut the fuck up. Just stop right now. Just enjoy the moment. And I'm like, I'm trying to, but I need an official source. And speaking of shout out, was it Brendan Kuhn? Is that his Thank name? Brendan yeah. Kuhn. Shout out to you, dude. Breaking the news in a barber's chair. That is fucking baller. <laughs> that is fun time. As soon, as, is, as, soon as he put that out there. I, I'm not going to give away too much, but as soon as he put it out there, I like I believed it. Like I was like probably maybe 90, 95 percent of the way there, being like, I just need one blue check mark to confirm this. Yeah, but I am this close. And I was playing FIFA last night, and I was tweeting. I was trying to get through games, but I had my notifications on, which I don't normally do. So every few seconds, bing, bing, bing. So I put on pause. Put on pause. It took me like four hours to get through two games or three games of FIFA. So I'm just like, damn, like somebody confirm this, please. Yeah. Shouts to him. That is awesome. That's Shout a out for him. So can I make a gauging reference here? That is going to yeah. be at least Adam. So yeah. I hadn't been as excited as this about halftime through the, the Ravens game the other day where the bills were winning. Just Man. saying that's about the level of excitement I was at last night when they were talking about this, just watching everybody feed and react off of each other and the collective just, awesome goodness vibe 
that everybody was, you know, pushing out. And uh, it was just fun to chit chat with everybody. And honestly, we had a good time chatting with everybody last night. And we're glad to have more of you on the show this evening. And yeah, it's, it's all good in Jays Nation right now, right? I will say one thing that I heard repetitively on the Major League Baseball Network today. I know Harold Reynolds said it, Cliff Floyd said it on Intentional Talk, and I forget the one uh, guy that used to be the former GM of a place, but he said Major League Baseball is better as a whole when the Toronto Blue Jays are a good team. That is the only thing that happened with this move. The Toronto Blue Jays are a solidified contender. Yes, we might, like I said, we're we're all kind of in agreement here that we're a couple pieces away from really running with it, but in all reality, this is a better team. This is now not just a 500 level team that's making the eight. You know, this is one of the better offenses in baseball already with George Springer in this lineup. And guys, and it's going to be ridiculous. Where is there a hide for American League p- pitchers in this lineup right now? If you have George Springer, that was the one big glaring hole. And if you talk that Vladdy actually does solidify at third base, that puts Rowdy back at first. This is a freaking crazy lineup. And I honestly think that move right there has to happen more now with George Springer in hat because you have to have Roddy Teles' left-handed bat in this lineup. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And you're absolutely right, Craig. Today, the Blue Jays are better than they were yesterday this time. A hundred percent. Plus the other two moves. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get there. But when it just comes to the offensive production alone, this is incredible. And, you know, when you look at the contract, right, this is what strikes me. When you when you think, okay, Springer got six years, 150. With a player of that caliber, if you would have told me this a year or two ago, I would say that's a fucking steal. Right? That is a straight-up robbery steal from the Blue Jays. And I understand things change. Like the, the landscape of the MLB has changed given the pandemic and the financial repercussions. It's going to change. But I remember uh, I was in a chat uh, – Shout out to Richard Burfs and uh, Connor Chambers, Small Boy Inc. Uh, we're, we're in a chat room in, in, in Twitter. And, yo, Rich was adamant. He's like, yo, it's going to take a six year. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Make it a six year. Make it, I don't care what it costs because it's just money. I don't care. Like, give him a I don't care. Right? Give him whatever. And he was right. It took six years. Right? And I can see the Blue Jays before or like traditionally being so steadfast about, no, it's five or nothing. And maybe Ryu was the the preview of all this, but being able to bend and saying, all right, we're going to adjust to the market because we lost out in Lindor. We're going to adjust because uh, LeMahieu got taken from us. We're going to adjust and we need to, you know, bend the knee a little bit and give six years, 150, $25 million a year. I can... How do you not like this contract? And again, this calls back to no one's complaining. And it's and not even I haven't even heard an analyst say this is a bad contract because it's not. Yeah. No, nobody's done that. And to put it in perspective how impactful this ad is, Fangraphs projections post George Springer and before the move that didn't happen. Uh, yeah. Uh before the move that happened but didn't happen. Um the Jays jumped up to fifth in projections for team Fangraphs war. And they're only behind, let me pull it up here. They're only behind the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Mets, and then the Blue Jays are in fifth. So they're behind two of the biggest teams, one on the East Coast, one on the West. The team that's been the talk of the offseason to this point, 
and the team that's been the second talk of the offseason to this point. So Springer alone, like I'm pretty sure the last three, four years, he's averaged at least four or four and a half war. And he's never had a season below 1.9. And the two 1.9 seasons were shortened seasons. Last year, he posted 1.9 in like 50-something games, which is impressive. And his first year in the bigs, where he only played in 70-something games, was 1.9. And even in his worst year after that, he was still an all-star in the season where he posted, I believe it was a 2.8. Every other year has been above four. Like, the guy is a star. And the fact that they landed him, it's hard to believe, but everybody should be celebrating this. And to your point, Adam, I have not seen anybody be negative about it. I'm drinking beer. Craig's drinking beer. Adam's <laughs> drinking liquor. It's time to celebrate. It really is. Where's the champagne? Oh, too soon. Pop it, <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, it's just, it's fun to be a Blue Jay fan today, period. And with the extra additions, they're definitely trying to improve this team. And there's more coming. I really think this is the, oddly enough, the calm before the storm. Kick the gate open a little bit. And I think there's something... I feel there's something going on too, because the, with the weird thing that happened today that we're going to talk about a little bit, there's just, it just reeks of something else is coming, doesn't it? Or is it just me? <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Um, so speaking of, we, we, right now, I think I mentioned this at the top of the show. I don't know. I'm, I'm full of, you know, just joy right now. Um, this creates sort of a log jam. In the outfield. And it's crazy that one addition before we're talking about, oh, this, we really need an addition for the outfield. outfield. That's an area of need. Oh, God, besides starting pitching. One elite player, maybe this is intuitive, but one elite player. Now we're like, oh, we have so many outfielders. (laughs) And this is before the whole Brantley thing sort of came and died. By the way, shout out to Brantley for being a Blue Jay for about 12 hours. Um, but, <laughs> I think he actually might have beat Mike Napoli. Just yeah, saying. I think Mike Napoli. <laughs> hours, so Mike Napoli was what for a good hour, and then he was yeah. shipped off to Texas. <laughs> Jeez. Well, already at Napoli's not so much. That's true. <laughs> well, first time or first tenure, Edwin Jackson only got like one hour. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's right. Um, is that when all the players like begged and were willing to take a pay cut in order to pay his salary? Something During like spring that, training, yeah. I think that happened for that Jackson. Irvin, Irvin sent Oh, oh was Irvin right. Yes, yes, yes. Kind of okay that didn't work out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. Anyways, um, <laughs> derailed. Right now, there's sort of a logjam, right? And the the intuitive name right off the back, the knee jerk reaction is, okay, great checks is he's got to be the one that's traded. But if you look at the the contract situation, he is by far the least desirable, right? He's making, he's still got $28 million left over three years. It's, it's not the best of situations. I think it's around $9.3 million a year, approximately. Um, it's, I find it hard rest that someone's going to want to pick up that contract. Lourdes being the most desirable, but then again, he's really good for our club being that cheap and that much control. Same thing with Teoscar. I don't think Teoscar is going to go anywhere. In fact, I think there's an extension lined up for him. You don't go through arbitration just to get traded anyway. Um, so, Craig, what do you think? I, I, I know right now 
again, it's really easy to think, okay, great Chuck's on the way out, but with the contract not matching the production, it's going to be really hard. So do you think Lourdes, Teoscar, or even Jonathan Davis, obviously him alone isn't going to get anything done really, but do you think it's, it's great Chuck or bust in out of Vernon Wells style? Honestly, I'm not touching it. I like the log jam. I'm not even going to fuck with it. Our defense, sadly enough, with Randall Gritchick batting like freaking eighth in this lineup, knocking 15, 20 home runs and playing decent defense and maybe right field. We are a better defensive team with Gritchick and right field than we are with Teoscar Hernandez. I, as much as I love Teoscar Hernandez, I am completely fine with watching him kind of come in and out of the uh, DH spot, more or less, to play wherever. I, my opinion, unfortunately, though, on that is contingent on the fact that the Blue Jays make other moves to solidify third base. And it puts Rowdy Telez at first base because otherwise I, I, one way or the other, I'm having Rowdy in this lineup. If he doesn't get traded, mm. that would be the catch. Cause right now he is the biggest power left-handed bat that we have. And there's nothing that anybody can do to say on that because there's nobody else. <laughs> say. But if you have him playing right field, like I said, at least you've got another guy. That is more or less a center fielder. And yes, I know Teoscar Hernandez plays some center field. I get it. But as far as all the, you know, progression that Teoscar has made in the outfield, I still like him being as a platoon outfielder at the most and then let him just completely destroy pitching out of the DH spot. One way or the other, I want him healthy and crushing like he did last season. And I think that it does give him a 60-40 split somehow, or at least a 50-50 split playing the outfield versus DH. That's my opinion. But if I can trade for another bat, I'm fucking doing it. <laughs> <laughs> what if it meant starting pitching? If it meant starting pitching, I really don't know who you move, and I don't see anybody. I, I think it will come down to them having to make a decision if they want to keep Loris Gurriel Jr. in this lineup to trade for that pitching. And because I really don't see, regardless of, the progress that we actually did see from Gritchick. He did have a better season last year, regardless, it, but he was eclipsed, obviously, by watching Teoscar Hernandez pull a Jose Bautista impression. Right, <laughs> you know, right. That's really what it comes down to. And the question is, can he continue to progress? And honestly, right now in this lineup with him batting eighth, I don't really care. Let him do what he did last season and play good defense. I'm fine with it. What do you think, uh, Brennan? Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to how they approach this because all three guys got full-time reps in the outfield last year. And now one of them is going to be out of at bats. I mean, the first thing that you can look at to fit it all in is if you go Springer and center, probably I would say Grichik and right and Lourdes and left, you have Rowdy at first and Vlad at third with no other additions. And then that way you can primarily have to Oscar as your DH and then you could get Springer off his feet and put him at DH. You could get Lourdes off his feet. You could rotate everybody. Um, so they could make it work. However, I don't think they will because I still think there's a few free agent signings to be made. But at the same time, I know everybody, when this move was made and the other move that was made but not made uh, happened, everybody said Gritchick could be the one that you get rid of. And absolutely, that'd be my first choice to get rid of. Uh, but do thir- or 29 other teams want Randall Gritchick? I would say maybe one of them or two of them do or none of them do uh, for something substantial like what the Blue Jays are looking for. And given how good Lourdes has been on such a cheap deal already and what he's shown, 
he could get you that number two if he's the major league piece going back. And even if you combine that with a Jansen or a Kirk or a Moreno and maybe two other pitchers, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you lost. You lost me. I don't have. I am. I have not drank that much yet. No, Damn, Brendan's all in. Maybe, that is fine for Luis Castillo. That is one hundred percent fine for Luis Castillo. You have him until 2023, 2024. Same with Marquez. Castillo's a different story. I think. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Else. Well, we've already heard that Castillo is allegedly <laughs> off the shelf. He's staying. <laughs> I think he's off the shelf because was it the Yankees that were trying to get him? Yeah, 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 they weren't willing to meet the asking <laughs> price. If you go to the and and offer something substantial, I think they'll change their tune. Oh, totally, and that's what it's going to take to make them change their tune. And at this point, the when, and I know we're going to talk Brantley, uh, but as I texted you guys, that deal is reportedly three years. That lines up with three years, three years less than his contract. To me, that signals they're going to start trying to contend as soon as 2021 for a World Series. And you got to make the most of the next three years with uh, Hunjin Ryu on your roster. And that is enhanced by Luis Castillo. So, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not trading those guys, that package I put together for anybody less than that. That would be silly. But um, if that's what it's going to take, then yeah, think sorry, Lourdes, you're out the door. But at the same time, I don't know if you guys got to listen to any segments on Sportsnet 590 today or for any of our listeners that did uh, good show uh, the 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. radio slot with Ennis and, and J.D. Bunkus. They had Jim Bowden on uh, 11, and Bunkus started asking the question about Lourdes trade, and every few words, Bowden would say, no, no, <laughs> no. And to the point where J.D.'s like, okay, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Bowden Shulman was on, uh, Shulman was on uh, MLB Network and almost was offended. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it in his face, like, I really have to answer this. <laughs> it was yeah. kind of amusing. So, yeah, <laughs> so. no, unless it's a Marquez or a Castillo or name that we, that might not even be mentioned uh, that's that's secretly out there. Uh, if it's anything less than no, but yeah, if it's going to be Lourdes, then I think you have to pull the trigger at this point because you can easily get by with Gritchick to Oscar and Springer and Davis or Forrest Wall or whoever it is or another signing. What is um, Teoscar's arbitration number? Was it four million? That he, he was able to get. It was so a little under four or five. So you're paying him four. You're paying uh, Springer 25. Lourdes is getting what? Is it two? Yeah, it's cheap. It's Something around, like that. It's kind of ridiculous for yeah, what we're going to get out of him. Let me yeah. look. Lourdes Grill so. Jr. contract. Uh, the, the reason why I ask is, and you have Graychuk's nine million or thereabouts. Um, the reason I ask is, you know, we we we're at the point where we're saying you know, whatever, it's just money, um, which is true. I just don't know how I feel about how that. It, it's good to have depth, but are we comfortable having a $9 million underachieving uh, outfielder playing off the bench in Randall Grichuk or, or primarily a DH role, having him fill that? I, to me, I think you can fill that role better with someone off the market or via trade. Like if we traded for a Chris Bryant, and we said, don't even worry about third base if Vladdy is ready to play it. And you wanted to make him the DH. I don't hate it. I, I, I think you're wasting his talent. And he's another guy that can play the outfield. And he might yeah. be better defensively at third base than Vladdy. And maybe Vladdy could then be the DH. I just think Raychuk at DH is kind of a waste of the position. Agreed. I agree. That's kind of what we did last year with throwing it away with freaking... Uh, who did we have it? Okay. Um, 
yeah. Panic. yeah. <laughs> there it was. There was panic. Yeah, don't worry about it. Panic. Okay. Meh, <laughs> <laughs> it's only a playoff game. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, so. Don't worry about it. Guriel is not a uh, unrestricted free agent until 2025. Oh, That's God. a lot of control that you just, yeah. it, it's, it's salivating. Right. You want to hold on to that. But if it means a legitimate ace, and of course, you're not going to get a legitimate ace just for Lord Scurriel Jr. You're just not. But Craig, if, yeah, Craig, let's just if you could package Lordis and uh, I don't know. A mid-tier prospect. Right. And the Blue Jays are full of them for a rental, like a number two, but a rental. Are you doing it? Because then the Blue Jays are legitimately in a position where they could compete for a World Series. Yeah. Now, see, me being the minor league guy, I'd make the argument that we have enough random arms to piece together three for three through five in our rotation. And I'm not really worried about it. I think everybody's kind of at like this level, but we really need that next guy. To be we need the number two. Yeah. Rotation. If it's going to cost me to me offensively, I'm going to sacrifice a guy that could hit 35 home runs and have 100 RBIs in this lineup. If I trade Lawrence, I really think I'm trading that kind of talent when you have these guys that are going to get on base in front of him. Think of who's going to be in the lineup in front of him now. Springer, Bichette, everybody. Yeah. This is yeah. Lawrence Gurriel Jr. in most major league lineups is probably in the top three. He's going to be five or six in this lineup. That's Vladdy's going to be batting fucking six. <laughs> you know, it's where it is. This is Takes insanely. Exactly. Yeah. And I, what I think with a lineup with having Loris Gurriel Jr. playing great offense and plus defense in left field when he isn't getting that little rest spot that we were just talking about, I'm sacrificing a hot, a guy that basically might be George Springer in a couple of years. That's what I feel like. There is that much talent there. Gurriel's brothers have said it immensely, repetitively, that he is the best baseball player in that family, and that is baseball royalty in Cuba. So there is something going on there. And I think the little glimpses we've seen where I'm just destroy the Yankees and these kind of things are really what Lourdes could be. I don't see this being a flash in the pan where those are just good series for him. There mm. is something to his bat. That I think that will be just as big as the Blue Jays regretting the fact that they lost Liam Hendricks. And it'll be like tenfold over that <laughs> because it's, you're giving up an offensive force. They will be if they trade Lourdes Gurriel Jr. It needs to be for somebody of equal control or at least a couple years. And it needs to be somebody like Marquette or Marquez or company like that. That is that guy that is maybe a number two right now, but has the ability to maybe be an ace in some major league rotation. I think it needs to be that if we're throwing that level of talent and control with Gurriel plus a mid-tier to high-tier prospect. And I'm not just saying that because I got Blue Jays goggles on. I swear I to God. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just, there is just something about watching the way Loris Gurriel Jr. swings and watching how much fun he has with his team. We've seen it with our Buffalo Bills, Adam. This, this, this team could have fun, and they could just run right through everything, and that will be the, the, the even more fun because they'll be winning. Yeah, there's something to be said about consistency and chemistry coming up through a system and playing with these guys, and I, and I agree with you. So to, from what I'm understanding from you, it's it's – it has to be the absolute right guy. If not, no. I'm in that boat, yes. All right. Brendan, what say you? I, I'm right there with you, Craig. Um, I, I don't see how you can do it for a guy, even if it's two years. I don't think that's long enough. I think you got to get somebody who's here until 2023, 2024. 
um, just to give or the window. Long, yeah, the window. And that lines up with Ryu, too, if you get to 2024, because uh, that's when you have him until. So you have that head, uh, two-headed monster that's established at the big league level with Pearson, who's uh, up and coming. Uh, and by then, you'll have more arms that are ready to replace them. That's the scary thing here that people are going to start realizing over the next little while is that, yeah, it, 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 three years, it'll go by pretty quick for the rest of Hunter and Ryu's contract. But by then, that's when we're going to be expecting Simeon Woods Richardson to yeah. be a legitimate arm. That's when Alec Manoa, if he's still in the organization, will be here. Adam Kloffenstein. And then there's always a guy or two who comes up unexpectedly and is actually really, really good in the rotation or just, just solidifies the back end. And that could be a Zach Logue. That could be a Josh Winkowski. Murphy. Yeah, Joey Murray. You forgot uh, about my favorite prospect <laughs> that we have as a pitching prospect. And I, from what I've seen, I actually have him in Nate Pearson level, and that's Eric Cardino, the oh, forgotten oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. ace oh, of the minor leagues. Yeah. That kid is something special, too. And like I said, literally forgotten in this conversation. No, the only reason, I, I, I've had the pleasure of actually watching him pitch, and the kid is nuts. So this is what's coming. So if you plan accordingly to have these couple guys like you're talking about, this team could run right through it and not even need the free agent pitching, or at least it's a throw-in guy. Yeah, yeah. But these guys got to come in at some point. And is that as soon as 2021? Probably not. So where do you piece these get the pieces together to get that number two is where you're going, right, Brendan? Yeah, yeah, totally. So you got to patch that together for at least the next year or two. Maybe some of these names that we mentioned, whether it's Pardino or Joey Murray or Patrick Murphy or whoever it is, are ready in 2023, 2024 to take over. But in my mind, you start contending immediately. And everybody else is starting to buy into that narrative, too, because talking baseball today, they were, they were debating, are the, are the Blue Jays at the Yankees level and the Rays level yet? And Trevor Plouffe was like, they're above the Rays for him. The other guys were a little more skeptical on that. And again, my New Year's resolution was never undersell the Rays. So I'm not yeah. going to do that. So, <laughs> no, I'm not ready oh, you don't do want to do it? No, not yet. <laughs> but if they were to make a trade can't for outraise starter, the Rays. Yeah, you can't outraise the Rays. If you're going to make a trade for a starter and it costs a real and you get him for three, four years, and yeah, that's the only way I do it. If not, just keep on to him. Uh, keep on to or keep him and sign two guys. Like, why can't we have both Taiwan Walker? And Jake Odorizzi, like they'll both be good enough salary. They have enough money. That's clear. They just spent 150 million dollars, and they're still 30 or 30 or 30 to 40 million away from where they were in 2016, 2017, 2018 before salary started coming off the books. So, hey, I don't know. Just to say it, Taiwan, if you're one of the 200 people watching right now, you need to really stop teasing us with the blue, the blue logos in your profile picture and talking to all the Blue Jays fans. And <laughs> just come on. We know you. We love you here. Come on. You know you want to do it. We Amen. need you. <laughs> and we want to see what a full season of Blue Jay baseball would look like with you in our rotation. That's right. <laughs> I agree. You know, uh, I don't want to bury the lead, but. You know, with with him and another addition in, in addition in the pitching staff, then I feel confident in saying, "Look, we are at the raise level or a little bit exceeding it." Um, I think we're prob. If I'm being honest with myself, right? And I, again, I hate to to be that guy. I just don't know that right now we'd we'd win a seven game series against the Rays, mostly because of the starting pitching that we lack. Um, offensively, it would probably be a high scoring game. Right. Yeah. It, it'd probably yeah. be yeah. a home run derby, but uh, it, it just who scores the most at that point. Um, 
maybe if Ryu is trouting out game one, you feel confident in there. But after that, it, it's kind of toss up as it stands right now. Um, so I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable saying that we're at the raise level. I, I disagree with that. I'd say we're about at Yankee level right now in terms of talent and, and matching it. Um, and I, I would put the Blue Jays right now. I think that series could go seven against the I don't even get is at this point. They do play well against the Yankees. That's for sure. Yes. They have had their number the last few years. Outside the Rays last year, we had the American League East. You know, the Orioles play in our division. <laughs> so, but guys, I have a good comp for you. And I'm just going to throw this out here. Who recalls the 1995 Cleveland Indians running all the way to the World Series yeah. on nothing but Manny Ramirez and Albert Bell just destroying yeah. pitching? That team didn't have a ton of pitching and found ways just to bludgeon people to death as far as it goes. I Looking at this lineup, because I was pulling it off the top of my head, I couldn't remember who the heck was actually all in that lineup Forget to you know go with it. But eerily similar in some of these fashions. They had Kenny Lofton leading off, which is... You know, more or less, I'm going to compare him to what we get with Bo Bichette, more or less, right? Speedy player, hits the ball solid, gets everything going. And Kevin Biggio, right there. You got those two guys equal in that. And then you had uh, Manny Ramirez, Harviskel, um, Jim Tomei, yep. and Albert Bell really rounding that out. You can make the argument that this lineup looks very scary as far as that goes in that comp, that if you get enough offense, this team can be very scary, period. And the question is, do we have just enough pitching like that team did to, to lead to that many wins to be able to really run into it? But when you were sporting a uh, rotation that had like 9,000-year-old Oral Hershiser to run to the World Series that year, and um, Charles Nagy, and about 10 other pitchers that I hadn't seen since, oh, El Presidente, Dennis Martinez was in that yeah. rotation too. So you had literally the aging veterans which is really what the Blue Jays could be looking for on the free agent wire here. Or, like we were saying, find equivalents in you know, Taiwan Walker and company to be able to run into this and get something out of it. And I, do, I think those kids are coming through our, our, to our rotation sooner than we all kind of maybe are anticipating from what I've been seeing, especially those short glimpses in the 60-game season. But it would be just so much more comforting to go into spring training having Taiwan Walker be able to be able to go there with a one, two, or having Jake Odorizzi and them. And to just know that we could have this plethora of depth rather than having to worry about all this interchanging parts like we've had to do the last two, three years. Yes, last year was an improvement on that, but it was a shortened season. Mm. 162 game season, I really think it would have looked exactly the same as 2019, mm. guys. It would have been scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not crazy at all. Um, well then, yeah, let's just keep it going then. Let's just keep rolling. Like if they can, again, right now we're on a roll right now. The blue Jays are the team to watch out for, and they're in a prime position. I, I, right now they might not be, and it's not, it doesn't really matter. Cause we don't have that, that competitive, uh, stance with the Mets, but you know, the Mets were the talk of the town in the off season right now, it shifted gears to the blue Jays and the blue Jays are on this momentum train. When it comes to making acquisitions, making trades, like it just takes one to get the ball rolling. And they've made three so far within the week. Um, so j let's let's keep it rolling. And in fact, let's get into that uh, loss in the shuffle. 
of last last night's excitement was the announcement of both Kirby Yates and Tyler Chatwood both signing onto the Jays for a one-year deal apiece. Uh, Yates has a, a deal worth $5.5 million with incentives up to $4.5. So it could be a $10 million contract, which is pretty good for a year. I love the incentive laid of contracts. I love them. Speaking of which, Tyler Chatwood, a uh, $3 million base guaranteed contract with $2.5 million in, in incentives. So it could be a $5.5 million contract, which is, again, pretty good. Um, bullpen was an area of concern, right? And I can see them, you know, sort of filling it out. Uh, I love the Yates signing. Um, I think this is something that the Blue Jays, I, I wouldn't say it was the biggest area of need, but it was definitely something that needed to be addressed. And I've been on record saying, look, bullpen arms are a dime a dozen. Well, and when it comes to Yates, I think the Blue Jays did a very good job in inquiring a pretty decent dime here. So, uh, Craig, what do you think? How does this uh, sort of shape up the rotation? What do you think this will mean? What do you think, rather, this will mean in terms of placement? Are people going to have solidified roles, or do you think there's going to be somewhat of a fluidity when it comes to addressing how people are going to enter the game? First, I'm going to say this because I'm going to be this dick for a second. I called it. I just picked the wrong week on Kirby Yates. <laughs> I said it was going to be the week before spring training, and it was going to be him or uh, Archie Bradley. Both of them, funny enough, signing in the same that. day. One with the gut, one going with the Nats, and one going with us. Strangely okay with it. I actually, when it comes to the two, I like Kirby Yates. Guy is just a gasser coming out of the bullpen. And I honestly, guys coming back from bone spurs have a pretty good success rate. So I honestly do not see him having issues probably getting the majority of those incentives that are in this contract. And he's going to run into it and he's going to steal this closer role, I think, because he's got that drive and kind of just like the grinder mentality that you want on a team, especially like what we've been doing the last few years. The Blue Jays have done nothing but grind out every place in this ball club as far as every out is concerned, every A-B every ground ball, almost to the point where they're going too far with some of the base running stuff, right? <laughs> but <laughs> Yates fits this team so well, and it's going to be the similar mold. As, it's going to be somebody to call everybody up and bring up the team as far as it goes. Maybe not as extreme Ken Giles out mm. of the right? <laughs> so He's not punching himself in the face. <laughs> Correct. Or holding anybody else to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I... I honestly am, wouldn't be shocked if Yates loves it so much playing with this team that he's be the guy that we were expecting to see Ken Giles come back from and uh, be healthy and run with. And I just really think that he's going to run and solidify the back end of this bullpen, which is going to only relax the fact that Jordan Romano and um, Rafael Valiz don't have to be that guy. They're still developing. They can eventually steal that job all day, every day, especially and maybe as soon as, the, you know, next season. But, I really think this is going to be it come spring training Yates's job to lose to be the main closer, and I would not be shocked because I bet you a lot of those. I bet you an incentive number one on that contract is him actually winning the closing job at a spring training. Mm. It would not shock me. So, but either way, him, and honestly, I, the reason I love the Chatwood piece of this whole thing is. We were talking two years ago that this guy was one of the bigger up-and-coming guys in the uh, rotation for the Colorado Rockies. And it, it was one of those things. He you know, had a good season, bad season. It was almost like Rick Porcello, but not quite as good. <laughs> that an even oddier thing. And But he's somebody that I think is exactly like the Robbie Ray thing. They picked him for a reason because they think they can fix him. And we saw what the fruits of Robbie Ray was in that, you know, the postseason game and right up and leading to that. 
Tyler Chatwood could be a sneaky dark horse candidate to actually steal a rotation spot. He's only, he was, that was his idea when they, the Cubs signed him two years ago. It didn't form out that way. And he got shoved into the bullpen, which he did. Eh, but I think the biggest thing is him. If he gets his control back and they figure that out, him and uh, Yates are going to make a nice pairing in that back end of that bullpen. And it's going to make us only that much more depth having somebody like Chatwood that can eat some innings and then having somebody solid like Yates to just slam the door shut at the end of ball games. Yeah, Yates is a legit signing. Don't uh, don't overlook it. Like it just a year or the in 2018, I think it was. And pulling out, no, sorry, just last year, 2019, uh, the <laughs> last full season, he had a 3.4 f word. He only trailed Liam Hendricks. Hendricks was at 3.8 or 3.9. If Yates was healthy last year, uh, and let's just say it was a full season under normal circumstances, and he was just as dominant, close to it, or even maybe regresses back to his 2018 self when he was worth 1.8 war, he would have got a similar contract to Liam Hendricks. He's not far off. I went back and I looked at it. If you go all the way back to 2017 and look at the leaderboard for individual relievers, Yates is number four. He is legit. His strikeouts, everything, whatever clicked for him when he went to San Diego uh, is just like, he's dominant. And I would, at this point, went healthy Giles which was hard to do on Giles in 2019 because Giles was damn good for the pen then but Craig more so to your point you add Yates into this mix and Chatwood a lot of strike and of Chatwood AJ Cole who they brought back on a minor league deal who you got to imagine is going to crack the bullpen Dolis there's three guys Baraki Kirby Yates and then there's a few spots on her grass but let's see Ross Stripling is your swing man going from being the sixth guy in there, and then you fill it out with a safe guy, depending on if it's a 26-man roster again or not. So I don't think they're done out of there, guys. I, we texted you guys before the show started. Apparently they had, they had or have an offer out to Brad Hand. Uh, and Rosenthal said this morning, uh, and I know Rosenthal's been a little bit off lately with some of his reports, but it's still Ken Rosenthal. And he did say that he would not be surprised if the Jays lure hand away from signing with the Mets. So if they add Brad hand, then you're getting close to like Yankees level bullpen with Zach Britton and Rolds Chapman and Adam Adovino. Like you could at least go close to head to head with your top three arms in the bullpen with the New York Yankees. And that's how they've done it. The Yankees have not had a starter before they signed Garrett Cole that would consistently go into the seventh inning every single time out. The max would be six, whether that was for Tanaka, Jay Happ after they traded for him, even Severino when he was healthy. And the Yankees are still winning 90, 95 games, close to 100 games. So, yeah, the bullpen's legit. And Kirby Yates is almost, to me, not quite as exciting or actually not even that close, but still super exciting to sign a guy of his caliber. So uh, I'm all for it. And the only other thing I'll add is um, people started to dig up a video uh, of him getting interviewed. And he's from Hawaii. He was born there. And I feel he knows this better than so many other people. who walk. People from Hawaii are pretty proud of the fact that they're from Hawaii in that state. And he was you could hear the excitement in his voice. And it's like, yeah, whenever somebody from Hawaii makes it big in the NFL, the MLB, wherever, you have that whole state that's cheering for you and following you. I have a whole country now, not just Toronto of 30 plus million people across Canada. Yates understands that. And that does give me hope for if he does bounce back, man, sign up for the rest of the ride and win yourself a damn ring. 
41 <laughs> saves in 2019. He's, Just saying. He was third place in the in the that I think that year. This, that was his career high. Yeah. But <laughs> that's insane. That wasn't that long ago. That is literally one stupid weird COVID season away <laughs> from and he he was not if he did not get injured, he was still the guy in San Diego. We're probably yeah. talking he didn't even leave San Diego. Oh, definitely. 100%. <laughs> I love it. I, I think that when you have uh, a solid bullpen, and I know, I'm again, I'm on record of saying that, you know, bullpen arms dime a dozen. I've said it here tonight. I've said it before. Um, largely, that's sort of true when it comes to signings. You can, you're, I'm, I'm talking in terms of an overpay, right? You don't want to overpay for, uh, bullpen arms because usually they don't last the length of the contract. Usually they fall off rather quickly. Um, this being a $10 million deal maximum for one year, it gives me a lot of comfort and sure. I hope he hits all the incentives, whatever. Again, it's just money. Um, but to have a, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be the closer of the squad to have a solid closer, a reliable one um, is, I, I mean, I don't even think we really had that last year. We were hanging on to hope with like Dolis and stuff. And even then I was sort of like white knuckling my chair. Um, so to have that, that Giles came back, just like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like there was an element of that, but you, I, I think we all had the sense that there was something, you know, sort of off about Giles and his best days were behind him. Again, this is one of those, it wasn't even a long-term, I mean, we traded it for him, but at the same time, it wasn't even like long-term. It was still something that you saw the decline happening. Um, so, look, I don't even want to look at 2020 when it comes to Yates. I just think it's, you know, a fool's errand to do it. Like, yeah. you just, yeah, it's it's whatever. Um, my focus is on those 2019 numbers. And if he can just give us, I don't know, three quarters of that. It doesn't even have to be the full boat. If he can give us three quarters of that, Blue Jays are in really good shape. Yeah. Really good shape with their bullpen, and especially with the closer role. Because when you have someone that can come in and, and close out a game when it's close, and you're just like, it's a lock. Like, that is a level of comfort that I don't even remember. Maybe Osuna was the last one. But oh. really, like, since then, it, it, yes, Giles has been good, but I never got that it's a lock kind of feeling. So if Yates can provide that with the Blue Jays, this is going to be dangerous. And you have to imagine, you know, right now as the starting rotation, as it's built, they're probably, as it stands, built for close games, right? It, it, how offensive numbers are sort of surging all around the league. If we're going to go shot for shot when it comes for runs and we're in a tight game and to close it out with Yates, I think we're in good shape, right? And, and when it comes to Chatwood, I, I just think it's an added bonus, right? That's just having depth and and your bullpen, and maybe the back end of your rotation. Um, but at the same time, if he's the one that is consistently being our fifth starter, something's wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. Something oh. went wrong, and they're just or filling it in. Or something went horribly, wonderfully right if he figures something out. No, that, <laughs> yes, I'm saying it. it my, There's my, the Marco Estrada story that is very true. prevalent yeah, in all yeah. Yeah. fans' minds. And yeah. in all reality, if I was going to pick somebody that they talked to lately, he would kind of be in that ballpark where I could see that happening. I'm yes. not saying it will. Please don't fucking quote oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> that with Ross Stripling too. I'm not gonna yes. lie. Stripling yes. had really good years with the Dodgers. But so. it, like, it, my immediate reaction is someone's hurt. Yeah. Right? It said we had an injury on the squad and we're just filling in gaps where it is. And again, a fifth starter is a fifth starter. Like you could do a lot worse and whatever. But as it stands right now, the bullpen. Yes, you could use an additional arm or two, but. Again, it's better now than it was two weeks ago. 
when we were just like wondering what are, what are we using here to fill in the gaps. So right now the the incline of how this team is looking as each day passes is getting better and better. And we just need to continue on that train, which leads me to to the sort of the final topic of today, unless you guys have anything you want to add when it comes to Yates and Chatwood. The only thing I was going to add on Yates, I think is pretty remarkable that they got Yates without guaranteeing him the closer's job. And that was something that was reported, especially a guy who wants to take a bounce back deal. You'd think he want the saves and he wants the opportunity. To me, that sell, that that says the Blue Jays sold him on his usage out of the bullpen if it's not going to be in the closers role immediately. Being like, Kirby, we're going to use you in high leverage situations. That could be the seventh, the eighth. And we saw that a little bit last year with different innings usages for Romano, for Anthony Bass, for A.J. Cole, for other guys. So it's a win all around. It really is. And if they were me on a one-year deal as a previous all-star elite-level closer, I would want the guarantee of closing out games. But it's fantastic that they don't have to give that to him to get him to come to Toronto. I think a lot of that's the track record before that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he yeah. had the, 40, the 41 saves in 2019. But in all reality, he was a good reliever up into that season where he really got a chance to break out. And, you know, like I said, I really think that is the normal for him just because he was pitching – in a really difficult division for the Padres that were a eh, we're coming up team, right? But they he he pitched consistently against the Dodgers, yeah. who have been one of the best teams in baseball for the last decade and didn't have any issues. Just saying. Yeah. If he can get back and reestablish some of that form, the Blue Jays have a formidable back end, which I wanted to ask you guys this, especially with the Brad Hand news and the fact that they are still shopping. If they can't get that starting pitcher that we are alluding to with these trade ideas or that free agent market, them attacking this bullpen once again is the same thing as bolstering something that if you can't get through five innings, somebody like Tyler Chatwood spells extra length out of the bullpen. You now have a lockdown closer that comes in and now you have moved everybody else down a little bit that we relied on so heavily last year. I'm not feeling as much stress today as I felt two days ago about this starting rotation, more or less just because, like I said, I have the lens of the minor league stuff and get to watch these guys in person here when, you know, there actually is minor league baseball. <laughs> but <laughs> what do you guys think on that? I, I thought that was a big piece of this. And then if they freaking somehow bring hand home, fuck, holy shit, look at the back yeah. end of this bullpen. <laughs> that's a good point. And that, that security is, especially as how it's constructed right now, security is very much needed and having that uh especially again if we're talking about tight games or we're talking about games that sort of fall apart you're going to need someone to pick up the load so that's a good observation are we in agreement that without taiwan walker or Dorizzi, the rotation going into this year would be ryu pearson ray roark and then i don't know who your fifth is wild card is there what, is there <laughs> point because the Blue Jays depth chart on their site was Trent Thornton. I don't know if Trent Thornton is going to be healthy uh, to go for the start of the year, but then you still have guys like Anthony Kay, who got a lot of innings last year out of the bullpen, Julian Merriweather, who's really damn good. Maybe they take the opener approach where you bring Kay and Merriweather up north or to Dunedin or Buffalo or wherever they end up playing. That 
is relying way too much on Robbie Ray and Nate Pearson. Ray bouncing back to more so his Diamondbacks form and Pearson taking that step forward. I even still think just adding... And Roark actually doing anything. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Roark just get, giving some stability, which he did not do last year. And I, as he gets older, that's going to be harder for him to do. But like, I got a good joke for you when you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, even with Walker, I, and this was before Yates, so maybe my opinions changed a little bit on it, but even before Yates was signed and before Chatwood was signed, even adding Walker into that mix of the guys I just said, that's still a little too light for me. And it's too, they're relying too much on Ray and Pearson. I want Ray to be the fifth guy or the fourth guy with like Pearson being the third. I know you can have that with Walker, but even then, as we've said, Walker in a good rotation and one that is playoff bound consistently is a number three. three. Yep. A number two. So I'm pushing Roark to fifth any way I can. Yeah. I'm trying to sign it, but we're, I was just saying worst yeah. case scenario. So to make my joke, so if that's our rotation, you're ready to like call R.A. Dickey and tell him to hurry up and start, start throwing knuckleballs again. It's <laughs> Tanner <laughs> Roark. Yes. It'd be better. I, I will 100% agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, you, you segued it perfectly there, Brennan. So let, let's get into the final topic. Look, um, what's next? Right. What's next when it comes to the Blue Jays and, and their their eagerness to make signings, make trades? Uh, look, the Michael Brantley deal was announced a bit prematurely. Uh, you know, shout out to Hazel May. Uh, sorry that happened to you. Um, he has since re-signed with the Astros, as we mentioned, two years, $32 million deal. From my understanding, uh, the deal was in place with the Blue Jays, but he gave the Astros a final opportunity to make their best offer, and he accepted it. So um, if you assume that the Blue Jays were willing to give him a three-year deal, around the same range as 32 million we'll just say it was like 30 million dollars for three years that's 30 million dollars they have to play with and three years of term that they have to play with when it comes to making a signing or a trade or what have you um otherwise brendan what do you think is on the horizon look the dodgers are pursuing bauer as as of this recording um reportedly uh walker as we've been saying is still out there colton wong is out there if they want to bolster the infield as they said they wanted to do what do you think? What do you think is next on the horizon? Look, Shoemaker is still out there. I know it's not the sexiest of signing, but familiarity is kind of key. And it's not like he did terrible last year. You could certainly do worse when it comes to he really left to... on all the highest notes he possibly could. Be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you think, Brennan? What do you got? Yeah, that's a good question, Adam. I uh, there's there's two areas that come to mind immediately, and that's for sure number two. Um, I think we're all in agreement on that. Um, number two starter, whether that's Walker and inserting him there or Jake Odorizzi. Um, I think the biggest telltale sign that they are going to make a trade is you have five catchers on your 40-man roster right now. You have Riley Adams, Danny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk, Reese McGuire, and Gabe Moreno. And I know that you could just set Reese McGuire loose just because he probably has very little value at this point given his horrendous 2020 season but even then let's just say you remove him from the equation you still have one of jansen adams kirk or moreno Mm -hmm. uh to be able to move so using that catcher's depth the brantley signing would have fully pointed to a trade that's imminent because i know that people were penciling in michael brantley for primarily at dh which is what he did last year 
but he can still play the outfield. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a. Tra- I I do think they are working the phones and trying to get a number two starter. Who that is? Is it at the level of a Castillo or Marquez? That remains to be seen. Could it be at the level of Marco Gonzalez from Seattle? I know that's not a name many f- will be familiar with, and I'm probably underselling. But he had a good <laughs> last year. I, like Marco Gonzalez wouldn't get me excited, but it, I'm pretty sure he had himself a nice last few seasons. So, yeah, number two um, for sure. And if it's not that, then adding a third baseman because, like, Vlad in his Instagram bio has him as Toronto Blue Jays' third baseman. He's confident. He wants it. He's trimmed down for it. Yeah. You know you want to. (laughs) He wants it, but I'm not sold on that quite yet. I need to see it in some spring training action. Um, Marcus Simeon would be really, really nice on a one- or two-year deal. And, again, the Dodgers are a team that is looking at Simeon Justin Turner is still out there too, but I'd rather Simeon. Simeon is a guy who's <laughs> top 25 to 30 home runs at the Rogers Center. He's that kind of bat. With, he's with young. Power. And he's still younger. He's on the other end. <laughs> he's, he's on the better end of the age spectrum than Justin Turner is at this point. So, yeah, probably one of those two for sure. Uh, everywhere else in my mind is set, though, and you're ready to rock other than those two areas. Yeah. I tend to what agree, but I think the pitchers are going to have to be this focus, period. Yeah. Right now, this offense, honestly, if, I, if nothing else happens, I am fine with it. As I mentioned earlier in the show, the Grichik thing and everything. There is nothing in this offense that right at this point screams crazy problem, unless you want to make the argument that our catching was horrendous last year. And in all reality, I, as much as I would love to see them just throw another brick of money out there, I don't really see it happening because I don't think they're the, the smart move right now. You can spend a ton of money right now on JT Relamuto, but do you really need to? No. It'd be literally just for the shit and giggle of it, I think, at this point. <laughs> and I don't see that really it'll, – yes, it'll improve the team, but it, it creates another logjam of something you have to trade and hope you get an asset in return. Um, and I don't know if you get that without trading somebody like Alejandro Kirk. And in all reality, I think at a worst case right now, in the next few years, Alejandro Kirk will be the best DH this team has. If he can't stick at key, at catcher, so I I just can't play with anything on the offense. Where we just discussed the glaring hole in this team right now is if we can get any kind of starting pitching, any kind at all, somebody to just eat up innings, throw in a Mark Burley type, insert name here, <laughs> just somebody to push Tanner Roark either to that fifth spot or completely out of this fucking rotation to begin with, which is probably where most Blue Jay fans would like him after this um, horrendous 2020 campaign that he was supposed to be sold to us as that guy like R.A. Dickey to eat up some innings and just keep this team afloat for pitching. And in all reality, if it came down to having Roark as our fifth starter or whoever, I'm just trucking whatever rookie I can out there. I'd rather have him in the bullpen where he can throw a few outs instead of a hole four or five innings, and I really think they need to focus on Walker, Odorizzi, or anybody in that ballpark. They're not going to be able to go out and all of a sudden pull off a trade for like Jack Flaherty from the Cardinals or something. I really do not see anything like that happening. They have the prospects to do it, though, so I'm not going to completely roll it it out. Maybe they can fool the Oakland A's for, you know, Josh Donaldson equivalent starting pitcher. <laughs> just throw a bunch of rookies at it. <laughs> yeah, or Matt Chapman for that matter. Just go for Josh Donaldson trade 2.0 and give him a, you know, Brett Laurie in a case of uh, Red Bull again and <laughs> hope something works out. And uh, in all reality, if they did something like that, this like team that, is this team doing. Is doing. 
Well, I mean, I mean there, 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 there are, are options, options out, out there, there right? Maybe. We have, um, oh, I can hear myself. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, headphones, I think, just died. Oh. Um, <laughs> Damn you, have... Apple, and your AirPods. No, oh, it's all good. She's plugging in. We're good. He's got Live the show. buds. Anything all can right. happen. We're good. Um, you know, Bauer is still out there. I Like I said earlier, he is. he does have some interest by the Dodgers. You guys mentioned Orderizzi. Um in a text conversation. I think we talked about Tanaka, how he I think it was he wants a two year or a one year, twenty five million dollar deal, which to me is a fighter right now with our. Yeah, right now. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. It, two years, and then, if it's two years know. at at twenty five mil. OK, that's a lot. Or, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to underplay that at all. <laughs> I'll pay 12, 12 and a half. That's fine. Like it, 12 and a half for a starting pitcher that I don't know if he's necessarily a number two. That sounds like another number three, especially if you're going to sign Taiwan Walker behind that. So then you have two number threes. But I mean, you could certainly do worse. Yeah, it, it definitely gives you a little bit of stability. Um, but that just screams 2015 Blue Jay rotation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if if you. Just need saying. starting pitching. What are we waiting for when it comes to Walker? <laughs> like, what are we waiting for? That That's what makes me wonder. I don't know that he needs more incentive to come here. And again, you might be thinking other moves. But even if you're out there looking for a starting pitcher, he's still available. Just sign him. Like, make it. It seems Especially like if he wants pictures. to. Yeah. Just, just make it happen. Put that at the end of the list. Get him in the rotation. Call it a day. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he wants to come back, too, because he did an interview, uh, interview with Fangraphs the other day, and he was talking up Pete Walker like crazy and how much he loved working with Pete Walker. Who does that sound like? like salivating almost like more. Yeah. Like, I need this. <laughs> Give me. <laughs> it, felt, it felt like just reading it. Obviously, didn't hear any context. Like, didn't hear his voice. And the way he was talking about it, but it, like, it sounded like that was his pitch for the Blue Jays to be, for, for him to be like, Blue Jays, please sign me. I do want yes. to come back. I believe in this. But also, that reminds me of Jay Happ because Jay Happ was just as bought into working with Pete Walker as it sounds like Taiwan Walker is. So if give the unfortunate news with the Jay Happ thing, you know you got to say it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's now a Minnesota Twin, and I would have loved to see him become the yes. Blue Jays equivalent of pitching for Tony Fernandez all over again. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, I, I I agree with you, Brennan. I I think that when you have mutual interest, or you whether when you have a guy that really wants to beyond the Blue Jays, you sort of have to capitalize on that, yeah. right? And maybe we've shaked this monkey off our backs when it comes to free agents or whatever, not really wanting Toronto to be a destination. Look at George Springer. He's one of the first since Russell Martin to be a high-profile free agent that actually wanted to play for a team, this team that has never played for us before. Um, so uh, I know Walker has played for us before, but I'll be just a half season. Yeah. Uh, if that, if also, that, right? Like a like, sneak preview. Yeah, it's like uh, maybe a, a cup of coffee. He was yeah, up yeah. here for, right? So give him a full season, see how it works out. I, I would love it. And to me, I don't want to think right now the Blue Jays are just sitting on their hands because we've been proven otherwise. They're probably being quite aggressive, but, and they're probably looking for, uh, you know, higher ground when it comes to talent, maybe. But you could certainly do worse for a number three, right? Yeah. And if you're looking for trading to trade for a number two behind Ryu, right? Walker and will look pretty nice. Yeah, you land that. Walker looks nice as a number three. Pearson would look good as a four. And even if he's not, like, if Pearson is your five, 
That's pretty good. Like you are in a really good situation it. if Pearson is in your, is your number five person in the rotation. Robbie Ray down at the bottom of the rotation because I do think he will bounce back a little bit more towards his Diamondback side because it was all mechanical. That yeah. Was- he tried. It really looked like he figured it out. Is the yeah, he definitely did. And that's a testament to why he wanted to come back, because I think he believed in the work he did with Pete Walker. And that was him that made those mechanical changes last year. For whatever reason, it was pretty successful and worked well with the Diamondbacks. But if Ray's your four or your five, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I not to mention the fact that it's like, OK, well, Nate Pearson, he does what he does and everybody expects him to do our worst case scenario at least that's the normal spot you rotate not the yes. whole yeah. rotation <laughs> how many times did we see josh Dow- josh towers casey jansen and about 10 other guys rotate in the you know the angry bird decade around the fifth spot it was ridiculous how many yeah. times it, yeah. it, that's what a normal rotation is supposed to look like and be constructed is we try to fill out all five spots but really in all reality you got you're hoping for to catch lightning in a bottle yep. really with your fifth star and the Blue Jays have plenty of options that they can hope to get that piece from. And it'd be nice to only have to worry about that in the fifth spot. Right now, you're looking to catch that lightning in a bottle in two, three, four, and four. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And look, if you had Pearson as your four or five, I don't think that speaks to the level of talent that he does or doesn't have. I think it's more of a it relieves the pressure off of him and that's something i want to see i i don't want him to being thrust into a role that he's not quite prepared for maybe he'll light it up i i yeah. don't doubt that he could but i'd rather him being relaxed doing so right and then ease into the, keep gaining ground in that rotation until eventually he's the number one as he should be as he we think he will be rather in the future but for if he's starting off right now this year as your four or five it's really good news for the Blue Jays. That means they did something really well with their rotation because I think, Brennan, you mentioned that right now you slot him as a, as a number two. I would put him at three right now to sort of have that balance of yeah. talent and pressure relief um, and have Ray as the number two. Um, but, I mean, you could certainly do worse. And having him as yeah. your number five, sign me up. I'm yeah. cool with it. Totally. I agree with you on that piece because you don't want to break him. Remember, right. it's yeah. not too long ago that this organization saw their best pro- pitching prospect in Roy Halladay come up and fail. And then only to be literally torn down in mechanics and change everything. I don't want to see something like that happen for Nate Pearson. Although Roy Halladay obviously is one of the, is probably the best pitcher arguably other than Dave Steve in this organization's history. So I just, Nate Pearson has that potential. And Blue Jays fans need to understand that. And it is so much better to watch him try and thrive at the bottom of a rotation and earn that spot up to the top than just, oh, yeah, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Swim. I agree. Keep the pressure off him. All right. Uh, so before we end the show, Buffalo Bills are going to the AFC Championship game. Um, I, I've been on record saying I'm nervous for every single game. Uh, I was nervous. Yeah, I was nervous for the, the Ravens game, uh, and they they proved me otherwise. Right, that stadium was bumping. Shout out to Bills Mafia for showing up to that game. Uh, y- your your powers of persuasion definitely made Justin Tucker look like the not the greatest uh, right. field goal kicker of all time, unless he was aiming for the uprights, and which good for you. Um, you nailed it. It's possible, but uh, <laughs> look. I know this is a Blue Jays podcast, but I'm sure there's a lot of cross-pollination with Bill's Mafia here. Um, heading into this game, I'm I'm walking into this assuming Mahomes is going to be 100% healthy. 
There's yep. no situation in which I'm going to think that, oh, maybe he's not going to play. To me, this is gamesmanship at its finest. Um, I, I, there's no scenario in which he's not going to play. I'm feeling super confident, right? G- given the, the fucking brass balls of the Blue Jays right now signing Springer, making the legitimate attempt to get Brantley just because Springer was like, hey, I think he's my best friend. I would really like for him to be on this team. You got it, pal. And just like <laughs> making that move. And uh, behind the scenes, all reports are saying they're being aggressive. This gives me confidence. Here I go. Buffalo Bills are winning this game by a touchdown on the road. I think they're going to win. I'm going to say 28. No, 35-28 Buffalo. They're going to win this game and go into the Super Bowl. And I fucking hope it's against Tom Brady because I want to win. And I want to to beat the best. And I want to shove it down a Patriot. Yes, I want it off my back. Rhode Island guy. That is a better storyline to me than Mahomes-Rogers. Yes. It's 100,000% a better storyline than Mahomes-Rogers, especially because being so close to Buffalo, too. I know the pain that so many Bills fans, you guys, my other friends of mine that are Bills fans, have felt at the hands of Tom Brady the last 20 years. So sign me up for that. Yeah, and it's not the fact that he, him, and Belichick brought it to you know just beating the heck out of us. They brought it to like insult level. They they used to beat us with yeah. our old wide receivers, mm-hmm. Chris Hogan, and all of our old tight ends. <laughs> it's like what the fuck are you guys doing? They're like trying Scott to do it. Chandler, man. Jesus. So anyway, I'm with you, Adam, as far as the score goes, but I think it's gonna be twenty-one seventeen, and the blue, then the Bills are gonna run away with it. Okay, but that's it's gonna be close, but it's gonna be. I, I'm expecting another epic Bills defense play, and that's right. gonna be the, the deciding factor because that out. defense right now completely fired fired up. Shout out to Teron Johnson too, because yeah, dude, amazing. That is like, one of those plays that you're gonna be like, where were you when? Yeah, <laughs> even that got me out of my seat when I was watching that. <laughs> I'm not even a Bills fan. I, I knew how happy you guys were at that. I almost ran out of the house <laughs> down the block. Did you see that? <laughs> Bill, I, I, look, I, I'm with you guys. Uh, I do think the Bills are gonna win the game. Uh, how close? I don't know. I don't want to put a score in it. But if I were a Bills fan, and if I were a Chiefs fan. I would be more concerned about Mahomes getting his leg rolled up last week than his head because that left or right leg was really bothering him. And you saw him limp around the field for almost mm-hmm. the rest of the game before he got knocked out. So if he's still dealing with that and the scare of a concussion, Bill's just got to bring some pressure. And I know that that's very dangerous to do against Patrick Mahomes, but yeah, I do think I do think the Bills are going to win this game. And I told one of my buddies I went to university with at the beginning of the playoffs, Bills will be in the AFC championship championship game. I can't say they'll go to the Super Bowl, but right now, I I do think the Bills are going to win in the Super Bowl all day. And hopefully, play Tom Brady. But even then, if they do play Aaron Rodgers and they could knock off MVP Aaron Rodgers, that would be cool too. Yeah, will be fun. Yeah, man. Like, anyway, look. Fun. Yeah, I, I don't want to hang on this too long, but you know, last week the narrative was, "Oh, Bills defense sucks against the run." Nope. <laughs> oh, Bills defense can't no, that, guard tight ends. 
Really? I didn't see yeah, Mark Andrews do anything. I did not anything. see Mark Andrews' name once yes. on the podcast. I don't even think the announcer brought his name up. Is he his relatives? Yeah. Still there? Just <laughs> what I'm saying. So, look, I, I trust Leslie Frazier with the defensive schemes. I trust Dable with the offensive schemes. I trust that, you know, there, there's always going to be a focus, right? And if it, they're going to focus on Travis Kelsey and you have Tredavious White uh, going man up with Hill, sign me up, dude. I'm taking the bills. I, I'm just taking them. I have confidence in this team. So, look, I don't want to harp on this anymore. That's it for the show, unless, Craig, has anybody put asked any questions or anything that they want to get in? I do have with. one that we haven't touched yet. Sure, and, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I got to figure out who said it. But the question was, do you see the Blue Jays going that high on any other players like they just did with George Springer's contract, basically? Do you no. see them blowing up the bank for George Spr- or Trevor Bauer no. or anything like that? Well, no? I don't see a six-year, $150 million deal, but I could definitely see – uh, a two at, I don't know, what does Bauer want? 25, $30 million. Yeah, I could totally see like that. a two year, $50 million deal for Bauer. I could see that. I could, too. I guess the, there was, so, I sorry, guess. There, was, there was somebody uh, this morning that said, I think it was Mark Feinstein or somebody said that if Bauer comes back down to a one or two year deal, the Blue Jays are very much a player for that. So absolutely. So basically, I guess the question is, do you really think the pocketbooks are completely wide open at this point for another player like Springer if they could? Or do you think that it's a, still a typical Blue Jays situation? It has to make sense. I just I don't see them opening up the purse strings for someone like Riamuto at this point. No, um, unless like we talked about. Yeah, if they trade one of the catching prospects first or one of the startings like Jansen or I, I can't really include mcguire because i'd rather have kirk than mcguire at this point but if they do trade away jansen yeah i would then i could see them maybe making a run for real muto and toronto might be a desirable place now that springer's there but as things stand right now i can't see them being as aggressive as they were in terms of the term and price as they were with springer but in practice i can see them being aggressive when it comes to filling out the holes that are needed Agreed. I have a fun wrinkle to this whole idea because I just sure. saw this while you were talking. In terms of not free agents, do you see the Blue Jays through a trade taking on that kind of salary? A Springer contract? Why not? Craig? Do you see, like, if you could land Nolan Aronado with that same shit right now and it was throw prospects at it and eat the rest of the salary, do you see the Blue Jays being able to take on something like that in, in terms of contract? I don't think they're going to do it unless it's a starting pitcher. You know who the first name that comes to mind when you say that is? And this bring, this is because of the Dodgers' potential renewed interest in Trevor Bauer? David Price. Mm. A guy who did not pitch last year, who's still on a decently big deal for the Dodgers. I would welcome David Price back at this point. And I don't think his contract is that huge. As of right now, I can't remember what he's paid on an annual value. Uh, but that's the first name that came to my mind is maybe if the Dodgers are like, yeah, let's sign up Bauer for a year or two. Sorry, David Price. Like you didn't pitch last year. We'll get rid of you. The Blue Jays are like, yeah, sure. We'll take on David Price. So that would be the name for me for sure. There you go. That's an actually very interesting one. I think that we're going to have to bring up next week uh, there, Brendan. But one other question that just came in is actually, is how realistic do you think the Blue Jays acquiring Chris Bryant actually is? Not anymore. Yeah, I mean, if it's a deal like the Cubs got for Darvish, like if that's what we're shelling out 
fine. Like it really wasn't that yeah. much. No, it wasn't it was. as bad as you would think it would be for Darvish. Yeah. So like if it's you would think it would be less because Bryant's a rental. So if it's yeah. not that much, like would you do a Groshan straight? I wouldn't take this, but would you do a Groshan straight up for Bryant? Yeah. I mean, I would. And so if you're adding Groshans and lower level yeah. prospects, yeah, uh, like sure. I, I would do like a Groshans and uh, a Winkowski or a Joey Murray, somebody who has that potential as a little further off. And now that you mentioned the Cubs, I know this is going off a little bit on an earlier topic, but Kyle Hendricks, that's another name that I would yeah. take a for, for sure. That's a nice little package right there. You could actually yeah. get maybe two of them at the one there. So that was a question from Blue Jays' dad, actually. Oh, and then his, ne- his, ne- his okay. next um, last words of wisdom here is the fact that he just wrote, give me Bauer, give me Real Mucho. And more or less, it sounds like he doesn't care. Just give me everything. <laughs> Dude, I'm with you, man. Just at this Game point, on. fuck it. Just, just spend yeah. the money. You already, well, da- you already went in. Go all in. Uh, th- there is no or tweet that a Blue Jays fan could put out right now that I will be like, that's not happening. I yeah. put out today. If you're going to go after Luis Castillo, up your prospect capital and get Eugenio Suarez to play third base, and you had a 50 home run guy from a year ago in 2019, why not? Just do it. I agree. I agree. On that note, last tidbit. Apparently, Adam, you're going to have to can that Bills thing up that we just did and send it to the Bills Mafia just because we literally sacrificed 10 minutes about on Blue Jays podcast, Bills Mafia. Buttons. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Do it. <laughs> I'm cool. Dude, if they make the Super Bowl, you guys, this is going to be relentless on this podcast. I, I, I am down for a, a podcast strictly focused on football. All right. So that, that week before, you know, that It'll awkward. Be a special edition of Jaybird watching. Yeah. <laughs> Jaybird watching football edition. I agree. Got the fever. <laughs> Need All right, well, that being said, uh, we appreciate you guys joining us for the live stream. If you did, if you're listening to us on your podcatcher and you didn't catch the live stream, uh, we thank you for listening and we encourage you, if you can, to catch us on the live stream. We are on Twitter. We are on YouTube. We are on Twitch. Facebook. We are on all the live streams that you could possibly think of, probably more than I'm unaware of. If you want to catch us live and look at our uh, beautiful faces, not mine, but the, uh, Craig and Brendan's, um, when it comes to Blue Jays talk, we love interacting with you. We love the Q&As. We love the back and forth. We really encourage it. And moreover, we appreciate it. We appreciate you guys taking the time out of your Wednesday nights to listen to us. So every Wednesday, 7 p.m., we're here. Tonight we went a little bit longer, but look, it's George Springer. What are you going to do? Okay. Um, that being Celebrate. said. Yeah, if you're listening to us on your podcatchers or on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the podcatchers that you want to listen to us on, we are there. We appreciate it. If you if your podcatcher does have a review system like Apple Podcasts, if you give us five stars and a quick review, it doesn't really do much for the analytics. I found that out the hard way. It just It's a vanity uh, project. But look, I like vanity projects. If you want to make us look cool with five stars and reviews, I love it. Do it. Juice it. Give it up. Uh, but that being said, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, let's finish this off like we always do. Two claps and a Ric Flair. Let's go, Blue Jays. Woo! Let's go, Blue Jays. George Springer. <laughs> <laughs>
Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.